Welcome to VitFriends Podcast, Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. VitFriends is a national vitiligo support community founded by Valerie Molino. For information about VitFriends, classes, support groups for youth, teens, and adults, visit us at www.vitfriends.org. For questions or comments, you can email us at support at vitfriends.org. BitFriends podcasts are now sponsored by my Vitiligo team. Welcome to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. On today's show, I have a very special guest, and that is Monica. So welcome, Monica, to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. So before we really get started into our conversation, I want you to introduce yourself. Tell us, meaning our listeners and myself, tell us where you're from and maybe, you know, a little bit about you and then we'll get into our vitiligo conversation. Sure. So my name is Monica Kopchilova. That's very hard to pronounce for everyone. Um, I get it. Don't worry about it. Um, and this is a very Czech name. So I'm from Czech Republic. Um, maybe some listeners know Czech Republic, back then it was Czechoslovakia and then the country split in 1993 and uh, since then it's uh, Czech Republic and Slovakia obviously. So yeah, I grew up in there and um, five years ago I moved to Malta and at the moment I'm based on this tiny little island in the middle of Mediterranean. Awesome, awesome. But you know, a lot of people like to be on a little small island somewhere, just relaxing, kicking back, getting away from all the stress of the world and everything else that's happening. Yeah, that's how it looks like to everyone outside. You know, right, absolutely. So I'm just laying on the beach all day. But yeah. right, absolutely. But you, you know, you have to live your life too. So yeah, awesome. So let thank you for the information. It's good for the listeners to know who I'm talking to and where they're from and just to understand that the show is not just based here in the US. We talk to people from all over the world. Um, let's talk about your vitiligo journey. Um, how long have you had vitiligo? Um, and, and what was it like when it first developed? So I was diagnosed when I was around eight years old. So I was pretty young. Um, and it was weird, you know, I mean, back then, um, when I got diagnosed, I was told that um, there is no cure. I can't do anything about it. Um, my dad had vitiligo at that point as well. So this was genetic on my side, but we never talked about it really. And so I didn't know what to do about it. I didn't understand what it is. And um, I think that this was, um, developed because of a high level of stress that I went through um, since I went for the first time I went to a summer camp and I was all alone you know without my parents for like three weeks and um, there was some weird stuff happening there they were like taking us to the forest in the middle of the night and I just felt so scared and you know I think there was there was the trigger um, in my opinion, because it happened very shortly after I came back. Um, and yeah, that's that's how it started. Now I'm 32, so it's a couple of years. I'm right. living with vitiligo, so I have experience, yeah. Uh, you know, and you mentioned something that I always feel that, um, and I'm not a researcher, I'm not a scientist, but, you know, we always have our theories about vitiligo. 
Now, I often wonder if it's a dormant gene that lies within everybody mm. and it just only comes out in certain people depending on what you're going through at the time. Mm. And I, I went to a doctor and one thing he said to me, he said, you know, stress can do a lot of different things to the body. He said, you know, his, his thought, his diagnosis, opinion on it was that, you know, it's stress related. And how you handle your stress can determine how much or how little you develop and possibly if you get you know develop di uh, vitiligo at all and, you know and that was his expert opinion on it mm -hmm. and i know we're still doing a lot of research still trying to figure out why it doesn't happen you know yeah um, it's, it's really strange isn't it yeah. no one knows really like right um there are other autoimmune disorders which we know why they are there and what's Absolutely. happening to the body and then with vitiligo we still know so little so yeah it's it's strange but i do agree um it is linked to stress right. in my opinion and you know i can also see um how it can be spreading when you are stressed more than usual Absolutely. and how it can also repigment right if you put your stress levels on hold if you manage them you know if you know what to do about it because yeah that that was happening to me you know, it's funny, um, I do presentations and I've been doing presentations for kids at my school. And one of the comments, you know, one of the kids asked me, will I lose all of my pigmentation? I said, I have no idea. Vitiligo is so unique in itself. Um, it's going to do what it wants to do, when it wants to do it, how it's going to do it. Regardless of what we think or feel, you know, I have repigmented on my left arm. Mm -hmm. My right arm, I've lost more pigmentation. So I don't know what it's going to do. And it's just weird. You know, one day I look, I'm like, oh, I used to have a spot there and it's gone. Then I yeah. look on the other side, I'm like, did it just transfer to the other side? <laughs> you know, it's one of those things you don't know. Um, mm -hmm. and, and and I don't understand, you know, with all the technology we have around the world, all the great researchers and doctors, it, it is one of the great mysteries. Like, why? Why is there vitiligo? Why is it happening? You know? It's strange, yeah, but I mean, uh, my theory is, or as far as I know, um, autoimmune disorders work on the basis that your body reacts to your healthy cells and right. attack them. And in our case, it is attacking our skin cells, right? So right. that's why it's happening, uh, or that's how, how it is happening. Um, my question is why there isn't any cure or you know something that would make the body react differently or i don't know how to explain this but um you know i like to look at things more holistically and more like right. um yeah i mean for me vitiligo is not a question of just skin you know because when absolutely. you think about it and it is autoimmune right is absolutely it, there is other things linked to this Right. And it's not just about skin. And I think we need to focus more about the whole body. The, the whole body, body. Yeah. right, absolutely. Mm. You know, I, I sat on a couple of um, conversations with doctors and researchers, and and they are, are still trying to figure out the actual trigger. Um, when you talk about treatments, you know, and I often say that a treatment is made to treat it you know, for a limited amount of time. And then once you stop that treatment, 
it comes back. Mm-hmm. For some people, it, it may help them a lot, you know, and I don't want to take that away from anyone. A, a treatment is designed to help people, but mm-hmm. it's not a solution. It, it's, it's a long-term fix, but not a solution, you know? Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of us in our community, we often wish we had a cure, you know, meaning mm-hmm. it, it fixes our complexion. It gives us back the, our natural skin tones, which is a lot, I feel like our self-identity is tied into a lot of that. Yeah, um, I agree. So as you are going through your, I would say changes, because that's what vitiligo does. It changes mm-hmm. our skin um, and how we see ourselves. What were some of the emotions and feelings you were going through as you're watching yourself change? Ah, you know, when I was young, when I was a child, when I developed vitiligo, um, it wasn't spreading as fast. Right. I mean, it, in my case, it never spread very fast, to be honest with you. Um, so I only had a couple of spots, but how it made me feel, it made me feel alienated. You know, I felt like I'm weird. Plus at the time, kids can, kids can be quite cruel. And right, so absolutely. you get some comments, you know, um, which they didn't even need to mean in a negative way, but they said anyway, because they are, you know, uh, well, they are kids. And so I learned how to hide it since my skin tone is quite light, you know, it's, um, it's easier for me. And this is what we were doing. This is what my mom came with because she saw me struggling. And so she said, let's start hiding it. Let's start covering it. But that made me feel like there is something wrong with me. You know, there is something that I have to hide. There is something unusual, you know, something abnormal. And uh, also because I developed uh, a patch of uh, vitiligo on my head, my hair was completely white. And imagine an eight-year-old child with white hair. Like that is really strange to many people. Absolutely. You know, and and because they don't understand it, they have all sorts of reactions. Right. Absolutely. So you know, so sometimes it might be some some someone can be laughing, and then someone can be like, "Oh my God, look at that! Like she has white hair, and and she's so little, and you don't understand what's going on, and you don't know how to react back because no one taught you to react back. Right. You know, so that was the biggest challenge for me. Uh, I wanted to avoid any kind of comments as much as I could you know, uh, to not deal with it, basically, because it was painful for me to hear these things. And, and, you know, so many of us in our community go through that, where, you know, you become shameful uh, because of how you look, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that's not everyone, everyone, because we do have some members that are very confident in their skin, what it looks like, but we have a large community who they're not comfortable you know yeah um you want to live a normal life you want to look like everybody else you want people to value who you are however you know we live in a society that looks at what you look like yeah and a lot of times they determine how they're going to interact with you based on how you look Mm -hmm. and you mentioned alienated we a lot of us feel that way you know you feel like you're in this world by yourself exactly oh my god that's exactly how i felt i felt completely alone 
And it took me so long to overcome that feeling that I felt for such a huge amount of my life that I am against the world. Right. Because right. the world is against me. Right. And I'm all alone and I have no one to help me. And so it was really hard for me to even understand humanity because I didn't feel like I'm, I'm part of anything, you know? Um, and I feel like it's really crazy that this can happen to us as human beings right. just because of the way we look differently. Right. Um, and, you know, no one deserves to feel this way, but this is valid. And I know that so many people feel the same. And I just want everyone to understand that you are not alone and your feelings are valid. Okay. Absolutely. I also felt like um, I can't complain. I can't complain because it's not that serious. You know, you're not dying. You're not, right. you know, you don't have anything, I don't know, life threatening. Right. Um, so why are you complaining? Or like, why are you even talking about this? Um, but yes, it is important to talk about this. And it's important to acknowledge how you right. feel and why. And, and, and I was going to add to that. Um, with vitiligo, it is on the surface but it does affect us internally. Mm -hmm. But that's where I think seeking help is very important. Seeking support, if not from a support group, family members, from friends, yeah. from others. So you can talk about it to get those feelings out. Um, mm -hmm. I think we do more damage to ourselves when we internalize it and never express what we're truly feeling. Yeah. And, and I say that um, because I was, I did that. You know, I developed vitiligo in my 20s, um, mm -hmm. or my mid-20s, and hard because although I had a large support group around me, I had friends and fraternity brothers and family and, you know, all the people, I still felt isolated. I still felt different, you know, mm -hmm. although they knew me as Mark and they know my personality and everything, but now I'm starting to change. I'm starting to look different. Um, and, and I'm glad you said that. No, it's not killing me. It's not something I'm going to pass away from. However, it's creating other issues in my life. You know, yeah. vitiligo affected my social skills, not social skills, but my social setting. You know, mm -hmm. um, I stopped going out. I stopped hanging around friends. You know, a lot of people didn't understand, you know, yeah. why I stopped. Um, relationships were challenging. And we'll get to that at the very end. Um, even my relationship with my family, because there were times I wanted them to ask, hey, how are you feeling oh about my God. your skin? But yeah. no one ever asked. No yeah. one. And I wasn't going to just share like, hey, guys, look, this is how I'm feeling. But I, I, I feel like deep down inside, I wanted somebody to take the time to ask. Um, exactly. Even at work, you know, you know, you're at work and you're doing your job and you're being productive. But there are times I, I felt isolated there because I wasn't getting asked to hang out after work, you know? And I'm mm. like, hey, I want to hang out too, but I hear all the stories. Oh, we had a great time this weekend. I'm thinking, oh, I didn't get asked out to hang out with you guys. Hold on a second. But does that mean that they didn't invite you? Like they've not been inviting you? I didn't get invited. Them. Oh my God. So I wasn't given the opportunity to say no. Say no. I just find out later. And then it makes me wonder 
wow, was it because of my skin or because of my personality? What was it? You know, but often I think maybe it's because of how I look. I wasn't invited to go. Oh my you know, God, that's horrible. Th- I feel so sorry now. Well, that never no, happens to me. Well, that's something that some of us think about. You know, it doesn't mm. happen with everybody. Um, but you sometimes wonder if you're not a part of the social you know surroundings because of what you look like mm-hmm. not to say it's always that case but i think with vitiligo some of us feel that way and i say yeah. some it's not everybody um for myself i did struggle for quite a bit um until 2019 when i decided i can't i can't do this anymore because i didn't go to the pool i didn't go to the um beach I would wear jeans all the time. I work with kids in summer camp. I'm working with them and I'm burning up because I have on jeans because I didn't want to wear shorts. We would go to the pool and I always had an excuse why I didn't want to get water. The kids are like, hey, you're going to get in with us? And I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to sit here. And I have on jogging pants. And oh I, would, I would roll my jogging pants up and slip my feet in the water so they couldn't see. I went through the same thing. It was just earlier, you know, right. um, I would never want to go to a swimming pool ever when right. I was a child. After I developed vitiligo, of course, before I loved it. And then I just stopped and I let this to define me and to Absolutely. dictate me what I can and cannot do for right. so long. And yes, wearing jeans in summer, you know, frying myself up all right. the time. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but no, that, that's, a, that's a true thing. A lot of us go through that. And then some of us, uh, depending on your skin, and I say everybody's skin is different. Everybody's skin type is different. Some of our community members burn easily in the sun, mm-hmm. regardless of ethnicity, their skin burns easily. Um, I have been fortunate not to burn that easily in the sun. Um, I put on sunscreen anyway, but there are some people that have to cover up completely. But I've never had to deal with that, but I still, I dealt with my own insecurity of not wanting to, you know, kind of fit in and it it just, a a lot of insecurities. And I feel like it's common throughout the community, regardless of who you talk to. Um, Well, let's, let me ask you, um, in, after you developed your vitiligo, um, let's talk about as an adult. Did you try to seek any treatments or any anything from the doctors or how did you manage as an adult? You know what? I haven't been really interested in any treatments and I'll tell you why. But first I want to mention when I was growing up and at that time I was looking for any treatment. Okay, right, When right. I was a teenager, especially. Um, and I would find on Google all sorts of <laughs> advice. <laughs> And I would do everything, and now I mean everything. So there would be, you need to eat a lot of pepper. Right. You know, so I would put pepper in all of my meals. My mouth would be burning and I would eat that because I thought maybe that would help. Maybe they would do something to that system. You know, it's going to sparkle it up. It's going (laughs) to ignite something in me and it's going to... Well, it it sparked you up, but not for vitiligo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so that didn't help. Or I would, um, you know, put aloe vera on on the spots or like whatever, you know. And then I gave up because nothing was working. And uh, because the dermatologist told me back then that uh, there is no cure and just deal with it, um, I kind of let them to pursue me that that's it, you know. 
and this is I don't know if like, I'm gonna throw a, a, a little story in because there's this story about an elephant uh, in a circus or something that they would chain him and so he would learn that he cannot break that chain because you know he's on a chain and then they would remove that chain but he wouldn't move because he would think that he's still there you know and that's how i felt and that's how i think a lot of people feel regardless of having or not having vitiligo is someone tells you something you believe it and you live your life by that you know Absolutely. and you don't check in you don't question it uh, you don't go back and you know ask more questions i don't know so yeah so i gave up that was it, it there is no cure and uh, and that's it and then slowly slowly i felt like look i have to shift my focus here because if i'm going to be focusing on vitiligo all the time or on other insecurities other uh, you know problems that i'm having I'm just going to feel miserable all the time. Absolutely. You know? And so I feel like there are so many people, and I get them, I understand them, I was there as well, who right. just want the cure, who just want treatment, they want whatever. Yes, it would be great if we had the cure, but we need to live our life meanwhile, you know? Absolutely. And we need to try to live it as the best we can. Right. So at this point of my life I am not seeking any treatments uh, just because I don't feel like I need them you know I don't feel like there will be a good investment of my money for example or even my time I know um, of people who are going to do uh, the UV um, absolutely the UV treatment, the UV treatment yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, it, sometimes it works and then you never know if the vitiligo is going to come back. Right. And they spend so much time and money, you know, going through all of this while what they are seeking for is simply happiness and being happy right. in your life. But normally we are seeking for these things outside. Right. You Absolutely. know, I think we need to focus inside. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, your question about treatments, I know I never did any treatment. All I was trying to do for some time was taking vitamins and that helped. Okay. But I think that helped because, you know, again, this is overall health, right? Like if you support your body, if it's sport, if it's vitamins, if it's a um, healthy lifestyle in general, it's going to project somehow. Right. Absolutely. So that was the only treatment, which, you know, I don't consider a treatment. <laughs> well, well, in a sense it is. Um, mm. But, but you know, it. I tried the topical cream in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And with after six months, it there was no change. I actually mm. had more vitiligo. And I'm like, I have more spots, so I'm going to stop. And I did. Um, and one thing here in the U.S., um, vitiligo treatments are not covered by insurance. Mm -hmm. So you're paying out of pocket. It's very expensive. Yeah. Um, and I wrestle sometimes with, well, do I want a treatment? Do I want a cure? And I said, well, I'd rather have a cure because to me, that's something that's going to help. One shot, I don't have to do it forever. You know, maybe yeah. it's a six months process. And well, after that six months, I'm here, you know. Yeah. With the treatment, you know, the amount of money you have to put into it. And depending on the type of treatment, the amount of time and the emotional stress that comes with it, 
you have to think for yourself is it worth it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. it, can i afford you know putting this amount of money into a treatment that may or may not work for me yeah you know and, and that is something that i feel like our members have to explore for ourselves for mm-hmm. themselves to figure out is it worth it i do feel as you said it's internal we have to love ourselves you know mm-hmm. and, and i've said before that you know i love me i love who i am i don't have to love the fact that i have been a ligo but i still love me you know yeah. and i think we need to encourage more of our membership members and that that means people all around the world i'm talking about anyone living with vitiligo to love themselves but do it with care you know mm. i think sometimes we project on people um we we push them hey yeah. you got to love who you are love yourself be gentle be gentle with people you know some people are very emotional some people are walking a thin line and how we pursue them in trying to get them to love who they are can determine whether it's a positive reaction or a negative reaction love is important that's what we need very much i am um i'm guilty of this uh, pushing problem <laughs> right i have to confess because you know it's really hard like once you learn how to accept yourself and love yourself and finally feel like oh my god it's such a gift to be alive you know right, when you turn you want everyone else to feel this way right and it's really difficult for me personally to do it gently because i am a type type of person who is very straightforward and uh, you know i can mean this in the best way possible but how i deliver sometimes might not be the best way okay right. and i know about this um but i remember myself feeling like this before when i wasn't loving myself i basically hated myself you know right. and i was suffering big time and there would be people not in my area or like not close to me or whatever but maybe on internet say winnie harlow um and i would look at her and i would just feel jealous i would be envious i would be like all oh, right yeah she got that like and she is okay and it's impossible you can't feel good about this and it's just ugly and you know what is she doing and and then i would feel like oh yeah but um reasonings you know reasonings okay yeah she feels good because her vitiligo is very symmetrical while mine is not so that's why or i would say and this is what a lot of people especially in Czech Republic thinks that people with darker skin tone uh might have it easier because the contrast of right. the white patches is so big that everyone in the world at the moment knows what it is because of Winnie Harlow which right. is not true or correct right. me if, if that is you know so my point here is everyone finds reasons why not to be happy and everyone right. can also find reasons why they want to be happy absolutely and it is really difficult to shift this if you are really low if you are really emotional you need to be gentle to yourself exactly right right but you also need to have the faith or i don't know like the energy you know to carry on because you can't give up that's what i'm right. trying to say you know right. absolutely and it it might take some time but it's so worth it 
Right. It is definitely. And, and I can co-sign that. Um, I, I think 20, 2018, 17, 18, I was kind of in a, in a low place myself where I was really struggling with accepting what I look like. You know, you look in the mirror and it's kind of like, oh, gosh, mm. another spot. You know, we see all the spots. Yeah. Um, and what what kind of started opening my eyes, I had a coworker, um, an older lady at work, and she walked up to me in the hallway one day and she said, you know, Mr. Braxton, I, I just want you to know and I want you to hear me out. She said, you don't see what other people see in you. And I want you to see that. And I said, I do, Miss B. Her, she was Miss B. I was Mr. B. All the kids were picking. They thought we were married. <laughs> but um, she she said, no, I really want you to start seeing you for you and what's inside of you, you know. And, and she just kind of walked off from there. And, and I think it started wow. that wheel spinning of, you're right, you know, we have to see greatness inside of ourselves. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean being narcissistic or anything like that, but you have to look at yourself and say, you know, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Yes, I may look a little different. My skin makes me stand out, but I'm okay. And, you know, I started thinking about the comment um, you made about the different skin tones. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a big push within our community and outside the community to look at, um, like you said, the contrast with the, the skin color and vitiligo what's considered beautiful, what's considered not beautiful, what's considered accepted, not accepted. But I always say this, regardless of who you are, if you have one drop of vitiligo, you still have it. Yeah. You know? And whether you stand out more than somebody else, still embrace that brother or sister that's living with vitiligo, whether their skin is lighter and you can barely see it or not. It doesn't matter. We still live with the same condition. And we all have some of the same shared experiences. But we're all on different levels. Like you said with Winnie, she's on a totally different level than we are just yeah. because of her profession and mm -hmm. the people who surround her. Whereas, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about the lady here locally who works at um, the Bojangles, which is a restaurant for those of you who don't know, it has some great food. Um, when I see her and I talk to her, she has a different support system. You know, she's yeah. living and surviving. And we talk often, you know, whenever I go there, you know, I feel like we just have to embrace each other and support each other and and show that, hey, I see you. I recognize yeah, you, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like um, as more people are becoming aware of vitiligo, to a certain extent, I'm afraid that we may get exploited, our community, because it becomes, oh, you have that skin, oh, I like it, let me pursue that person maybe for a modeling job or maybe we want mm -hmm. you in this video we want you here but i want want people to pursue us as human beings and get to know exactly. who we are as people but not yeah. just look at our skin um, yeah so with vitiligo um how did your family and friends you know uh did they did they go well it's okay or hey i noticed and i want to know more did, did anybody ever do that or how, how was it Mm. So at the very beginning, as I said, like I never talked about vitiligo um, to my dad before, only just very recently, maybe a year ago, we had a conversation, but um, it was a bit of a taboo in my family. It felt like that. But also I need to mention that there was a communication problem. And, uh, you know, as much as I love my parents and I respect how 
they were raising me and my sister up because that was the best they could do. And I don't blame anyone uh, for sure. You know, there wasn't much support in that regard. And so that was really difficult. That was why I felt like I'm all alone. And um, I remember recently my mom told me, uh, she actually sent me an email because I was doing a little bit of a research about uh, my history and the history of my city like all. And she said, because she knew my dad has it, she was worried that one of her children are going to get it. You know, and she was really scared and she, she said she was praying that I'm not going to have it. And then it happened. So it was hard for her as well. But then, you know, what I said already, like she thought the best thing is to cover it so that she prevents me from um, any comments and whatsoever. And so we never kind of talked about this in our in my family. My sister doesn't have vitiligo, but she has problems with her thyroid, which is also autoimmune. So we see how this is all connected. Um, And uh, my friends, most of them didn't know about it because I was really good at covering it, right? Okay, good. I was doing my best. This was excessive. I mean, I would be getting up really early, um, you know, to cover everything. And then if someone made a comment, I would freeze and I would be like, oh my God. And I would come up with some excuse. Like right. I wouldn't know what to say. And so I would say like, yeah, that's because um, I fell on the floor and then I hurt myself and then, right. uh, you know, whatever. Excuses, some, right. Yeah, crazy excuses, you know. And, um, and I remember once I was at the trip, school trip, and my schoolmate came to the bathroom when I just got out the shower. And this is, imagine me, I don't know, maybe 11, you know, and she saw me completely naked. And she asked me, but where else do you have these spots? Like where, you know, she was curious, like um, how many do I have And, (laughs) and whatever. And I got so angry with her because I didn't know how to work with these emotions. And I basically kicked her out of that, room and she was my best friend you know and that was really horrible situation so uh yeah most of the friends didn't know i have it or they knew but they never commented on it and when i shared some concerns usually it was later on though when i say i got drunk so all the emotions would go out no filter whatsoever (laughs) And I would tell everyone how much I suffer, how I'm unhappy, you know, how it makes me feel. And the reaction would be like, oh my God, but it's nothing. Look at it, you know, like they would look at my fingers, for example. And they would say, but it's cute. Like it's it's this nice nice pink uh, color, you know, it's cute. (laughs) There is nothing to be worried about. And as much as they meant it in a good way, of course, like I wasn't satisfied with that, you know. Absolutely. I felt like, no, you don't understand my struggle. You don't know what I'm going through, you know. So, yeah, that, that was growing up with it. And, um, uh, yeah, I was always looking for a best friend, never had one. <laughs> they always left me somehow or whatever. So, yeah, that was, it was very lonely, very lonely. Yeah, it, it now it, it can be very challenging, you know, living with vitiligo. Um, some of the things people don't understand about it. Um, anger was one. I didn't know why I was angry uh, for the yeah. longest. I just always had this attitude, this chip on my shoulder. And I've had people say, 
man, you got a nasty attitude. I'm thinking, no, I don't. I'm okay. But it, mm-hmm. it was my struggle with vitiligo. That was my own personal internal struggle. Uh, until I accepted that vitiligo has to live with me now. You know, yeah. I, I, I did the vitiligo journey. Vitiligo, you made choices for me. Now I have to make the choice and you have to go with me and do what I want to do. Right. And once I did that, it has opened up so many doors. Um, I, I've, I feel like, as people say sometimes, oh, I've seen the light. Yeah, I, I have, you know. Yeah. Um, not to say I don't struggle from time to time. I still have my moments where I kind of go, uh, like But I, I too um, found out that my mom has vitiligo. I found out in 2020. Oh and God. she's never talked about it. Um, she, wow. it was the World Vitiligo Day. She said, well, I'm going to share something with you. Uh, she said, I do support what you're doing and I'm, I'm proud of you. But I want to show you. And she showed me her legs. And I'm like, all this time? I've never seen my mother with shorts. Oh my God. And she said, that's why. Uh, she's had it since high school. And since then, she said, I've never worn shorts at all. And even as an adult now, she still won't wear them. You know, she never mm. she never shows her legs. But growing up, I never thought about that. I never said, huh, I've never seen my mom in shorts or a short skirt or anything. Everything was long or stockings or socks to cover. Mm-hmm. It makes sense now, you know. So for me, it is hereditary. My niece also has vitiligo. I have two children. Um, they do not have it, but that was one of the questions that came up. Will the kids develop vitiligo? And mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, if they did, I still love them. Does it change anything? You know, yeah. I think now I'm in a better place to help them cope if they're having those challenges and struggles, you know. Exactly. But, yeah. I feel exactly the same. You know, I, I had um, periods of my life when I thought I'm never going to have kids for this reason. Right. You see, like, and this is brutal. Like, I am a person who I think for most of my life really wanted family and then at some point I said I'm never gonna have kids because I don't want them to go through the same thing right and thank god that I learned how to accept myself and how to be happy with um, who I am so that exactly what you mentioned if I have kids and they develop vitiligo it's all good because I know how to walk them through it absolutely so let's go on to the next part which is pretty much at the end uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we know with our vitiligo community and having vitiligo, relationships can be wonderful and they can also be relationships from Hades. You know, it, yeah, it all yeah. depends on, I feel like, the person that you encounter. And, and I say that my I was married and, um, you know, things ended up in divorce, but I think part of my struggle in the marriage was my struggle with vitiligo. Yeah. You know, I really had a hard time with it and I would always hear, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. But I'm the one living with it. And I understand where the other person's coming from when they say it doesn't bother me, but it's my journey, my struggle. What mm-hmm. I need is support for you to say it's gonna be okay, but I often feel like we have to teach others how to love us how to engage us because they don't know what to say yeah you know um what has been uh, what's your journey with relationships dating uh whatever you want to share um so i think that i always kind of searched for wrong partners up until now so why 
I always, I was always chasing people who didn't like me. And you know, they didn't like me because we weren't a good fit. Like it's, it's this easy, okay? Imagine someone is really quiet and then someone is really loud, like I'm the loud one. And okay. so the quiet one doesn't really click with me, okay? No. It's normal, that's fine. Like not everyone is gonna love you. Absolutely. But I would be chasing them to the point when they say, yes, okay, let's be in a relationship because I would be showing them how lovable I am. And I realized, couple of years ago only why I was doing this and I was doing this to prove that I'm worthy of love right, and I didn't right. feel like I am for myself so I was trying to pursue other people to see that I am right. so that maybe eventually I would feel like I am really lovable you know and it wasn't working um, I had a couple of relationships with people that it always started like this and it didn't work out. And after that, I met a person who was completely different. I felt like this person really likes me. I don't have to mm -hmm. chase him. You know, it's amazing. I feel, right. I feel great. Unfortunately, um, it turned out that this person had really bad um, psychological issue. Right. Okay? okay, say it was a narcissist or whatever. I don't want to diagnose anyone but right. um the relationship was abusive and it was a nightmare basically and it was really difficult for me to leave that relationship because i felt unworthy i felt right. unlovable i felt horrible i felt like this is all my fault and i feel now that that was my wake-up call because when i escaped from that relationship when I was at the edge of, you know, feeling like, oh my God, like this is it, like, you know, everything is falling apart and I don't know what to do. That slap in my face woke me up to say, oh my God, like, what are you doing to yourself? You know, right. start thinking for yourself. You can't Absolutely. save everyone and you have to take care of you, you know? And so that's when my life kind of turned a little bit. That's when I moved abroad. And I started anew, but I also, after that, I went back to my old patterns, you know, as it right. is. Um, and I right. started chasing again and, um, and it didn't work. <laughs> and then um, after some time, I finally, when I stopped looking for a partner to feel love, when I finally turned inwards, and I decided to go and do psychotherapy to help me out a little bit and also read all sorts of books on, uh, you know, self-love and self-growth. And I finally started to feel better about myself. Um, I was meeting better people. I was connecting um, to, you know, better people for me. And I found a person who was interested in me and wasn't a psychopath and right. <laughs> and i'm in a relationship with him right now and it's amazing and i'm so happy and it's the best relationship i ever had of course and i hope this is the last one as well right right <laughs> but you know just to show you how important it is for you to have your mental health in check because this is going to affect everything everything absolutely. and everyone around you absolutely you know so yeah and, and, and you know i i do talk to quite a few people within the community about relationships some people are very successful at it you know uh mm -hmm. they they tend to find 
you know, great partners. They don't, you know, and, and here's the thing too with people, just, just for our listeners to understand, just because you find a great partner at for that moment doesn't mean that's the person you're going to marry. You know, yeah. it's good to have great relationships and you can walk away from them saying that person is wonderful, but it just wasn't the relationship for you, you know? Yes. And, and I don't want us to get into the habit of, you know, everybody's bad, you know? No, sometimes, no, no, sometimes no. it's us, you know, really, uh, it's like you said, it's our patterns, the people we choose. Sometimes we choose yeah. the same people because it's comfortable, you yes. know? And and once you find somebody nice, and I'm guilty of it too, I'll latch on to that person. Not to mm. say it's a bad thing, but you know, everybody wants to have a great experience in a relationship. And but it doesn't mean that it's gonna lead to marriage. Although mm. I think for some of us, not everybody, that is the ultimate goal. You wanna meet that one person that you can spend the rest of your life with and enjoy, you know, um, have those great moments together. But what I found and it was so discouraging. Um, and, and you have to recognize this uh, with our community. Sometimes you have those people who pity date you because they oh feel like, God. oh, you have vitiligo, you have this condition. And you could tell they feel sorry for you. No, don't feel sorry. Oh. Yes, I have a condition, but I'm still human. I'm still a person. I have a personality. Date me for me, not because you feel like you're doing me a favor, you know? Okay, but you know what? I think it's really important for us as people with vitiligo to know how to act on this, you know? Because if you feel like you are walking vitiligo and that's all you are, you know, you're going to be attracting people who will treat you like that. Right. Absolutely. If you feel like you are unlovable, you will be attracting people who will absolutely. treat you like you aren't lovable. Right. And um, you need to level up. So this is how I felt. I felt like I need to grow up. I need to level up so that that partner that I want will like me i don't have to make him like me he right. will like me because of how i am absolutely you know? and if we are broken inside then how do you want other people to like you really you know right. so we need to be really um, real with ourselves in here right. you know um, and say this it is because forget you have vitiligo now okay and focus on i want someone who will love me right. and even if you want someone uh if you want to love someone, would you love someone who is completely, you know, negative all the time or right. unhappy um, and and angry and who doesn't know how to work with their emotions and and who doesn't want to go to swim when I love swimming, for example, right. you know, who doesn't want to do all sorts of things. It's not about the looks always. Absolutely. It's about how it affected us and how we kind of, you know, show it to the outside through right. our actions not through how we look and, and, and you know and i do feel like that's very important we we have to show others how to love us but mm. first we have to love ourselves it's yeah. very important you know once you are comfortable with dating yourself and i, and I call it self-dating mm -hmm. i do that a lot you know um people they think it's funny well why do you go here by yourself well it's self-dating i have to be comfortable with who i am before okay. i can invite somebody else in and even when I have those moments where I'm not comfortable, I still have to learn how to maneuver through that to get myself back to that place where I say, you know what, Mark, I love you, you know, <laughs> and I and I often 
ask people to do that. Like, love yourself. You know, show somebody else how to like you, how to love you. You have mm-hmm. the blueprint. They don't have it. Yeah, they have exactly. to learn you. And it's okay for you to walk away from someone who's not loving you. You know when somebody loves the outside, but not the inside. You know, yeah. they don't love your heart, your passions, your goals, your dreams, and all those things, and your it, 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 things you enjoy doing. Maybe that's not the person for you. you no, know? and you don't want this person right. to be next to you. You need to realize that this is not what you deserve. You right. deserve someone who is going to love you for who you are. You Absolutely. Know? Everyone does deserve this, and everyone deserves happiness. Right. We are not unworthy of anything in the world, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. But I would like to say just one more thing, because you know it's it's really nice when everyone says just love yourself. You know, I hate it when I heard people saying yeah, just love yourself, and then everything is going to fall into place. And I was like, yeah, great. How? How? You know? Yep. Because. It's not as easy, and then you would read all these books, and you would you would do affirmations, and you would do positive self talk, and and you would feel like it's not true, it's not right. This is all you know, fake. I'm not I'm not nice. I'm not whatever. It doesn't work. And what helped me, what I would like to share with everyone here is, um, you need to question your inner voice. You need to. Right learn how to work with your inner voice because that voice is not you and that voice is not always right and when you feel the worst first of all journal it out so that you don't bother your friends your family members or yourself you know just sit down and journal like it's amazing i try to do this every morning it's it's life-changing okay you said you journal as well so i guess you understand the benefits right i'm always writing stuff always yeah it's amazing <laughs> so just put it all out so first you vent it okay that's important let it all out and then sit down with yourself and catch yourself when you think you know oh i'm ugly or oh, i'm stupid or i'm i'm unlucky and question that information and say is it is it really that and is there any logic behind that you know who told me this and go after that and realize, oh yeah, maybe someone 15 years ago told me that I'm ugly and now I believe it and I live my whole life based on that one stupid comment, you know? Um, Or you realize that it's just made up and, you know, you are leading your life by that fear or negativity and you don't want that. So talk to yourself in your head, as crazy as it sounds, it is crazy. You will feel like <laughs> maybe you'll end up in a mental hospital, but the, the opposite is the true. You will get out of this so much better and happier. Absolutely. And I say you are what you speak. Mm-hmm. When you speak negativity about yourself, about your situation, about your life, those words are alive and the more you say it guess what the more you're going to believe it so start speaking positive things about who you are what you want what you deserve in life you know like you said speak it and journal it write it down that's the documentation once you put it on paper or on your computer or wherever you save things it's a documentation it came from your thoughts your mouth to the paper to the computer whatever and go back and revisit it every now and then and say oh yeah i remember i wrote that 
you know. Yeah, and write gratitude journals. That's amazing as well. You know, Absolutely. Focus on the good stuff, but also don't uh, fall into um, toxic positivity because there is a lot of this, you know, right. you're not going to heal just by reading a positive quote. You're not going to heal just by reading it. You need to believe it. And how right. you believe right. it is after you um, talk to this inner voice and you kind of explain to that inner voice that this is what you need now, you know, sometimes all you need is um, saying, okay, I acknowledge you. <laughs> you can even right. name that voice, okay? Right. Some people do it. My, yeah, my inner voice is Trevor. You, you, <laughs> you tell Trevor, listen, okay, I know, uh, you have something to tell me now, but I don't have time for it, okay? You say, I'm healing now. This inner voice is gonna leave you after that because I don't know why is this. I'm not, you know, um, an expert or whatever, but I know it works because what this thought is trying to do is to catch your attention. If you are pushing it away, it's gonna raise its voice. It's gonna it's become a monster. You don't want that. You need to acknowledge it, but tell it, I don't have time for it now, or no, it's not true. I'm not ugly. I'm not unlovable you need to have a conversation with it absolutely and tell yourself that you're in control you yes. are in control well we're getting close to the end of our podcast so monica i always ask my guests to leave our listeners with something words of encouragement some positive words so this is your time to do so and then i'll wrap things up okay so i wish everyone to find their ways wherever they are at the moment in this time on their path and uh, trust the process be kind to yourself you will make it you deserve to make it and you will have a good life if you want to and if you need a sign this is your sign thank you very much monica thank you so much for being on my show i greatly appreciate it Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Sorry for talking too much. I no, never no, no. This was perfect. This is perfect. Look, I, I bring you on to talk. So I'm glad we had this opportunity to um, have our conversation. And to our listeners out there, um, thank you for tuning in. This is uh, a, a great conversation. I hope you come away with this with um, something that can change your life in some form or fashion. And this has been Monica from the Czech Republic. Am I correct? Yes, exactly. Okay, I just want to make sure I got everything correct. Um, you've been listening to Living Life and Love. I'm your host, Mark Braxton from Raleigh, North Carolina. Remember to always tell somebody you love them, but most of all, look in the mirror or take that selfie and tell yourself, I love you. You'll take care. Have a blessed day. Bye. You have been listening to Living Life and Love with your host, Mark Braxton. This podcast was sponsored by My Vitiligo Team. 